Yeah, so basically, I think pivoting was a pretty smart decision. Um, but uh, anyway, welcome everybody to Design Kitchen, where we provide inspiration for innovation. Um, Steve and I were just talking about um, basically a little restructuring I did with my company where I was going to focus more on business development versus you know, the machining and, and um, prototyping side of it. It's almost like if I split it into three and that way, um, you know, basically I moved the focal from only doing prototyping, which seems to be pretty impacted to more of a business development um, thing, which, which I feel like it could be a quick turnaround to create revenue in, in order versus like a project development type of thing, which would take months. And they could almost just, um, you know, support each other synchronistically. But at the same time, um, I feel like that would be a way to move faster. Um, and yeah, so you're just trying to just trying to move quickly, try to get something, some kind of revenue flowing and yeah, like you said, working on a project can take a long time. It can, you know, maybe a project itself might take a month or something to develop and then a little bit longer to, to make the parts, to implement it. And then payday comes much farther down the road. So it's exactly. a lot harder to stay, stay afloat that way. So you have to be more, you know, have be in a little more stable position. So if you can have some kind of, some other type of income going, then work on these kind of projects and that that really helps yeah because that that kind of um you know reminds me of of it was in the jay Samit book summit um book about uh basically pivoting like how youtube started as a um as a dating service and people would just find it funny so they started showing all their friends and it basically you know pivoted into the um what it is today so I think, you know, that that concept, but then also it's kind of what Elon Musk and SpaceX do, you know, their main mission is the get to Mars colony. But in order to support that, they had to start all these little synchronistic businesses to generate revenue to keep supporting that that overall picture. Um, yeah. yeah, so that would be like your, you kind of doing business development is going to be kind of like the, It'll, it'll be not it'll be a main part of the business even maybe even long term but it's it's something that runs alongside of the other pieces of your business as far as like development product development and um, working on projects for other people machining manufacturing mm -hmm. kind of yeah because because that way i'm able to set up basically three different machines working in three different directions, but at the same time, sharing the resources. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, for now, I'm going to, you know, test out that model, but I, I think, you know, the important thing is it's like, if you, especially businesses now that are struggling um, or that might be struggling, it's like, well, how can we take some of our current um, strengths and almost pivot them in order to either get into a parallel market or get into something else where they could start generating revenue, even though if, even though it wasn't their main thing, it's it's having that adaptability in business. 
Yeah, especially in the beginning stages of a company, it's, it, you do need to be flexible. And but that's the beauty of having a smaller company is you can pivot really quickly mm-hmm. and change and, and do what it takes to to make sure you, you can keep revenue flowing. Right. Yeah. So, but without veering too much, like don't veer completely off, completely change the business, but um, mm-hmm. you know, so that it stays, the base is still the same. Yeah, like the framework, the foundation. You know, that's a that's a great point that that you brought up there. Um, I guess how's it how's it been going with your um, on your end? You know, have you been? So what I'm going to focus on is that right now I've you know I'm still working full time for a company. I would like to actually change. I'm ready to change positions, go into a change jobs, work co work for a different company. So I'm kind of working on that, mm-hmm. but. So that will c- continue to grow my experience and my exposure to various other industries. And at the same time, I, I want to work on developing my own projects. So I'm working on like the nice projects is kind of the main mm-hmm. one that I have right now, but I have uh, you know, obviously lots of ideas going. I always have lots of ideas going in my head, but I, <laughs> I try to keep from working on those physically until I can get this one done. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, well, it's, there's just day day to day life, you know, little projects that come up. Like right now, I'm actually working on a, putting up a bookshelf in the <laughs> in the living room. So, um, but that's not so much of a project. It's just a quick, you know, build yeah. the build the bookshelf and and put it up. But mm-hmm. um, so what what I'm doing is I'm going more. What I, I had my business website up and I was kind of thinking like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to work on other people's projects for them. But where I'm going now is actually, I would prefer to work on my own projects. The, the, yeah. the challenge with that is the funding part of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you're working on somebody else's projects, they're paying you to do it. Whereas if I'm working on my own, I, I don't have income until I can monetize the end result. Yeah. So what that means is that I'm going to be working. I'm going to be working for a different company, working for somebody for some time until I get things kind of moving and, and, you know, maybe whatever it takes just to kind of balance those and make sure I can get, keep things going forward, mm-hmm. which is kind of a challenge sometimes, you know, so like working full time and then you have different side projects, different things going and it's well life (laughs) (laughs) so uh but it's got to keep pushing forward moving making things happen keep i have to keep seeing things changing and and keep making progress and especially Mm -hmm. when these projects get a little bit challenging there's like a a design challenge or something where i've had a couple features on this knife project kind of stump me for a while and i go i start going down one path to think this okay this is the design i'm going to go with well i get down that path a little ways and i realize that something causes something doesn't work you know mm-hmm. one piece doesn't work because because of something else and then i have to start over and go forward again and i start over and i've started over several times already on this <clears throat> you know the mm-hmm. the mechanism of it you know the overall looks of it hasn't changed much but so it's it's a slow process but Mm -hmm. because because i'm almost seeing you know your your model where you know you could be doing your job 
and then just have this constant influx of rotating self projects that are eventually generating revenue. I think you mentioned before, you know, having the company that's just generating all these different products. Um, But I feel like, you know, from where you're at, you could manage that fairly um, not, you know, not easily, obviously there's time constraints, but yeah, I feel like you're in a good place if you can stay that consistency with that income and it would just be budgeting a portion into your business. Right. Yeah. During the long term. So so how is that knife project going? So I'm getting a little closer. One of the biggest design problems that I was running into was like the, the clamping mechanism that clamped the blade into the um like into the blade holder. Mm-hmm. and that one so far I've, I, I came up last week I came up with something that I I haven't managed to kill the idea yet basically mm-hmm. that's how I kind of you know how you have to approach an idea a lot of designs is yeah. I, I create a solution and then I come at it in every direction and try to kill it in mm-hmm. some way like that's, yeah. what, that's what engineers do you know <laughs> yeah. try to find the fail try to make it fail Mm-hmm. And then when you find the one that can't fail, that's the solution. And it can be very tedious and it, it can be like, it's like, you know, after designing something so many times, it can be kind of exhausting too. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've made that one fail. That's what I was trying to do, but it, mm-hmm. but I succeeded. I don't, I don't want to succeed at that. So um, yeah, so so it's going, it's going slowly, but um, making some progress. Uh, I need to put this. I've done some sketches of it. I've put a, done a quick rough model in in CAD of this um, like clamping mechanism. So I need to do a more refined model of it and, and mm-hmm. just verify it and, and actually get, attach some dimensions to it. And make sure that it's the numbers work out. Mm-hmm. So one of the challenges is that these blades come in different thicknesses not only just variances from between one supplier to the next mm-hmm. or manufacturer, um, there's different types of blades. There's different styles. You have ceramic blades. They even have like uh, graphite blades for that are, you use like a pencil. It's just not for cutting. It's only for drawing like a pencil. Like if you need to draw a really fine line. Yeah. So then um, they have, thinner ones than kind of like the standard there's a, there is one that's kind of basically a standard but then there's a thick one too mm-hmm. and ideally i'd be able to accommodate all of them and but what that means is it, it needs to have flexibility but at the same time i don't want the blades to be loose mm-hmm. so a lot of you utility knives the blades are actually you can wiggle them in the knife and while i find that that's one of the, my kind of design constraints is that i don't want to be able to wiggle the blade Mm-hmm. So working on that, trying to come up with a mechanism that can accomplish that, but at the same time accommodate all these variations in blade thicknesses, that's been kind of the main challenge so far. So I had a quick one as, as you were saying, maybe you could uh, influence a little. What if, you know, let's say you, you had like a... Um, almost like like two little pieces of sheet metal folded on each other, almost like this, mm-hmm. where you can slide the blade in or just pop it in. So it would be almost like the little bottom edge of the blade and the top. 
Yeah. And then some kind of pressure force would either, you know, some pressure downforce would clamp it here. The more downforce you put, um, the more in it's going to push it and it would create some kind of clamping feature to it. So, I mean, that's just a quick little visual that I got as you were explaining that trying to understand the, the mechanism without actually seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. The mechanism is it, it, it's not um, super complex, but when it comes down to defining the numbers and then making it fit within this small body. So it, it, it needs to be mm-hmm. compact at the same time. So, and then have sufficient clamping force that it, the blade can't slide out on its own. Yeah. I just, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, if you put a, like a front force that would create a clamping force, like redirecting it, some kind of, yeah. that's just one idea, I guess. Yeah. Did you have any other ideas for the week? No, I, I'm trying to think of, I, I think I'm, I always come up with something at some point, but then I, I have it written down probably in my phone and uh, I, I don't have anything. I didn't think I didn't write anything down for this. So I had a cool one that might actually like excite you as a, you know, engineer. Imagine they had a modular car, but not just a modular car, right? Like you go and you would buy like a frame with whatever upgrades you wanted, whatever engine, suspension system, transmission, um, you know, they could even be like a electric, but then um, each, like the cars would be almost like in, broken into sections of three so you can have like a front end then you can have a cabin section and then you can have a back end so you can switch between like an suv to you know whatever you needed um and it would basically be just a modular and instead of buying a new car every year you would just go get like the latest uh front end and back end and you know i would assume every several years they would come up with some um you know, upgrade to the chassis, but basically you yeah. buy it. It's like a permanent car that you just buy a chassis. And, you know, one of the biggest things, it's like when you buy a brand new car, like when you get that one first scratch from somebody that was careless in the parking lot or something, like it, it hurts, you know? Yeah. So why not make it out of some kind of like a stainless steel type of a Tesla truck kind of components where basically it's like, you know, it's a modular car. It could be like a sports car. It could be a truck. You know, you, you use the suspension systems that you need. Um, you know, you have like maybe three engine options, three front end options, three cabin options, you know, like a low SUV or whatever. Um, but I thought that would be cool, you know, just conceptually. Yeah. I know it's a hard, big time project to take on, but I thought that would be pretty cool if it existed. Yeah, that sounds like something car. you'd have to pitch to Elon or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody who has the, the pockets for it. And yeah. It, the, yeah. The forever yeah. car. You don't even you don't need cars anymore. You just upgrade yeah. <laughs> chassis, the outsides, you know. Um so I had that one. I'm still I'm still on this concept too. I call it like the lazy walker. Mm-hmm. Where 
you know, I see, you know, when people break their leg or something, now they have this like a uh, cast that you don't need your hands. Like you can kind of attach it and it's almost like a peg leg that you have. And then they have another one that's like this little cart that you just put your knee on and your cast just kind of hangs there and you only have to yeah. carry yourself with one foot. It's almost like a scooter. Yeah. So I, I'm still, you know, thinking about it. Like, what if I can be walking down the street, like almost like a, it's almost like a Segway, but it would be completely, you know, mechanical human operated where it's, it's. Imagine like it's like a almost like a stand up bed where you're like leaning on it and you're just kind of like dragging yourself with one foot. <laughs> <laughs> like just the ultimate lazy um thing, you know, it's like this this could be like a simplified version. It's like almost like a dolly and people and you're as a person you just lean on it and then you drag yourself with one foot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if it was completely foldable, because I seen too, like uh, there's handicapped ones, right? Where they have the the walker and then this front like bends down like a seat. So they have all these options. I'm like, why can't you combine all that into something for like just lazy people? You know, I can fold it up like a racer scooter and toss it in my car, get to the, you know, get to the beach and then just unfold it and start, you know, laying down slash upright rolling or something i don't know what you would call that <laughs> yeah i don't know what you would call that <laughs> you get to wear a muumu to you while you while you use it just yeah. lazy you are has a little shelf for your uh coffee <laughs> i want to cat that up though and, and see how that looks yeah that sounds like a sounds like a good cat project <laughs> yeah well i mean i have a couple more but i'd rather develop them more and kind of talk about them do you have anything else for the week or when i no i don't um no, i'm just gonna keep keep working on this thing hopefully sometime soon i can kind of pull up some things i'll, I'll have some of the some of the components the designs of the knife will be something that i'm not sure yet if i want to keep them somewhat proprietary or Hold, hold on to them until I can get some, I don't know, I need to review. So that's what's going to be a little bit challenging is patent reviewing and searching. I haven't done any patent searching. Oh, and it's it just because it, it's a tedious process, very tedious process. And, and I haven't decided if I want to patent anything yet anyway, mm -hmm. but, but I do need to search it before I can actually, you know, before you can market anything you want to patent to make sure you're not infringing on somebody else's idea. But Watch you oh, they'll work on that and uh no i'm saying watch the, the your exact cad models on there already yeah oh i know <laughs> like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah i know well it, the problem is that sometimes they are somewhere in there and somebody never developed it mm -hmm. just, well that's that happens a lot. a lot of yeah them. yeah so i don't know patenting process i don't just love it but <laughs> <laughs> but it's there so gotcha, gotcha. I gotta deal with, but cool. Yeah, All right. so um, yeah, that's about. I'm I'm about out of time, so gotta get cool. going. Yeah, thank you everyone for joining, and uh, we'll definitely bring you some updates on everything we spoke about this week. Follow us at uh, designkitchen.org, 
and um, you know, check out the, my new website at infinitysks.com and uh, talk to everyone next week. Have a great uh, weekday, I guess, or week.